0: Hawks Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul
1: Moyer. Welcome to Hawks Live every Thursday, 7 to 9, right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. I am Michael Bumpus with my guy, Paul Moyer. You guys can't see Paul Moyer. He looks like he's ready for business right now. (laughs) He's got his button up on. Paul, how you doing?
0: I'm doing well. You know, it's... uh... It's already Thursday. It is. You know why it got here so quick?
1: Why is that? we played Monday. There you go. Short week.
0: It, very short week. But no, doing, doing well. Look, life is good. It doesn't always feel that way. Yeah. It's been a crazy two years. Now our Seahawks are, are they three and seven, Three and eight? Three and eight. Oh, man, that hurts me. But life is good. And we're going to talk about that maybe uh Get some people feeling better about how they think about the Seahawks.
1: I hope so, man. Life is good. You know, uh, they lose on Monday night football. Had a chance to win the game. Russell Wilson got the ball with two minutes and some chains left. Marches down the field. I didn't think he was going to be able to do that this time, honestly, just because of the way he's been playing as of late. Got in that position. You're on your own three- or four-yard line. I'm like, now nah, there's no way. But you know what happens? The Ru- Russell Wilson sprinkles his magic out there a little bit, finds DK for his first reception of the game, picks up a first down with his legs, hits DJ on a football, then finds Freddie Swain, middle of the field, 32-yard touchdown. Then they got to go for two. So this is the play that you lean on right here. A lot of crossing patterns going on. He finds Freddie Swain late, could have went to DK in the corner, uh, just falls short. But it ain't over. They line up for an onside kick. Boom, they recover the onside kick. Their best special teams player lines up illegally. That's Nick Ballora inside the hash. You can't do that, apparently.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, you have to be outside the hash there. Again, I think it's, there's some silly rules there, um, but it is what it is. I mean, you know, maybe we would have had a chance uh, along the way. And what's really interesting is their field goal kicker gets hurt. Yes. And they decide we're not going to kick extra points anymore. And it ends up biting us because they end up getting a two-point conversion. Even though we blocked one and, and took it back to tie the game 9-9, they ended up going for two and going up by eight, which forced us to have to go for two in that last uh, deal there to, to tie it. Which and was, on,
1: that, on that fourth down, they might have kicked it, kicked a field goal. Yeah. And then it would have been up. And we yeah. had to score twice. So it's that, we know what's weird to me, if you're a kicker, you should be able to kick the ball any type of way, in my opinion. It's like me being a receiver and go. I can't run that route. Can't catch that ball. I only catch the deep ones over my shoulder. I just don't get the kickers out there. Add value and they to your game. practice it,
0: too. I mean, I mean, punters kick, kickers punt. I, I would throw this maybe a little different at you. We're out of safeties. Yep. Bump. Bump. I Come you. on over here. I got you. All right.
1: Hey, look, no one's getting behind me. They might catch everything in front of me, more, but no <laughs> one's getting behind me. What if
0: I throw it in front of you and now I square up on you and now you got to make an open field tackle? You that, ready?
1: That's where it gets tricky. <laughs> hey, Bump, are you lining up at 15 yards? <laughs> hey, deep. how deep are you lining up? Hey, Is it third and 35? 15 to 18 yards, Nas. <laughs> deep. you're going to bump and run. Hey, you know what happened? So my first time ever playing kickoff was in the NFL. Bruce DeHaven lines me up. He goes, Bump, you are going to go down there, go make that tackle. I run down there. And I just dive. He goes, first guy down there, just take a shot. Take I, don't, a I, don't like know, I don't know what I'm doing. I just dive at his ankles. I'm pounding the ground because I missed the tackle, but I force him inside and my guys clean it up. I go, coach, if you just want me to go down there and take a shot, I got you. Now, if you ask me to break down, square him up, grab cloth, or drive to the ground, it's a
0: different story. By the way, that's a great special team coach. Yep. I used to teach that too. I used to teach it even with my DBs. I go, I, I don't care if you, now, open field tackle, look, just find a way to get him. Grab him, I don't care. But when you come up towards line of scrimmage, I say take a shot. I go force him to bounce it, force him to have to stop. I will blame it on everybody else for bad pursuit angles and not helping you. And I, my thing was it's about hustle, get there. I'd rather have a guy get there 100 times and miss 50 tackles. And other people are like, well, 50 tackles, you know, I'm exaggerating here. I go, because if you don't, if you start getting on him for missing tackles, of that guy getting there 100 times, he's going to get there two. Yeah. And he said, Coach, I never missed a tackle. So I want productivity. and you know, So to me, that's a great special team coach. First guy down.
1: Uh, rest in peace, shot. Bruce DeHaven gave me a chance. Now, you talk about tackling. Jordan Brooks is fourth in the league, tied for fourth in tackles. You got two linebackers in the top five. I look at that and I go, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because that, that tells me, I look at it, I'm like, man, that really shows the defense is really out there a long time because both of these guys are getting a bunch of tackles. And then I also look at it and I'm like, well, Jordan Brooks is the future. I want to see him be involved and make these plays.
0: He has a future. You know he's he's aggressive. Um, He's getting better in pass um, defense too. You go from his system when he was at Texas Tech and basically spied the quarterback. He's a playmaker. He goes sideline to sideline. He's big. He's strong. And now all of a sudden, okay, we're his own team. With all the different pattern you know routes and different formations, and hey you're 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 covering or you're crowding number three, three all of a sudden goes away, you know there's a scene behind you I mean there's so much that goes through a great zone player, and he's gotten better and better, but the thing I do like about him, and it's and we need this it's his aggressiveness, and you go watch him attack a, a an offensive guard or somebody i mean he 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 lets them know it, and so i, I tackles are tackles. I am not a fan of oh you have more tackles than anybody else cuz a lot of times it means well you guys are on the field a lot. Yeah. You guys have so many plays. And by the way, here's another thing. If you have a lot of tackles, why do you have so many tackles? Are they attacking you? <laughs> um and <laughs> yeah, again, that's not always play. the case. But yeah. so I don't look at just tackles. I and I also look at solo tackles versus assists. You know, today they throw assists as a tackle and Nelson these guys have 14, 15, 20 tackles and are you know, five solo, 15 assists. Um, but he's, he's going to be a really good player. I, actually, he is a good player. I didn't know he was fourth in the league, though. That's impressive.
1: Yeah, that is impressive. Now let's shift over to the 49ers. Man, I've been looking at them, and they do a lot of what I thought the Hawks were going to do. A lot of crossing routes, a lot of stuff underneath. They're using Kittle a lot more this year. They put him in the backfield as a running back. You've seen Debo Samuel back there. He's not going to play this week. They present a big challenge on offense. I know Jimmy G, your favorite quarterback in the league, (laughs) is productive. I mean, you threw it out there a couple years ago. He's going to hit the middle of the field. That's just what he wants to do. I've seen so many digs um, in this offense when I look at the 49ers, but somehow they keep completing this. Now, we've seen this Seahawks defense kind of get exploited a little bit in the middle of the field. Uh, What do you think they have to do to kind of set the tone with the Niners coming up?
0: Well, no question they've got to stop the run first. And what makes Garoppolo so difficult and why when you watch it on film or tape or streamed, the the reason why you you look at him and go, why is that? You know, it doesn't look that impressive. They run the ball so well that you have to honor it. So when they do run their play actions and their bootlegs and things like that, he's got one of the quickest releases in the league. And he's one of the most accurate guys. But he's limited. It's between the numbers. And you have to protect them. You have to force him to throw the ball outside the numbers. That's the – I mean, it works. We know that. Our weakness has been a bit in the middle of the field, particularly behind the linebackers with play action. So we're going to have to be on it. The good news is, man, we've played them so much. We know how to play them. They they rarely dominate us. You know, we've actually dominated them much more, even when they were good. So I, I'm not going to say we're going to get healthy. This game is going to be extremely difficult. Their defense is good. They run the ball well. They're playing confident. They might be the best team in the NFL right now.
1: Really? Yep. Okay. I, can't, I mean, With, the, with ca- a great defense, too.
0: With a great defense and a, you know, if you can run the football, yeah, run it effectively, it's, it's a recipe for winning. We know it because Seahawks have done it for so long. And then you mix in some play action behind it. You just get your quarterback to be efficient. Uh, you don't need him to be a world beater. And that's, you know, I'm looking at Garoppolo. He's not a world beater. He's got 13 touchdowns, six interceptions, but he's been playing better as of late. He's got a quarterback rating of 99, but they can freaking run. They're good at running the ball.
1: And it seems like whoever they put back there finds a way to be successful. Elijah Mitchell, 27 carries, 133 yards, one touchdown. The last time the Niners played at Lumen Field, it was Jeff Wilson Jr. tearing it up. You know, you got Mostert, who got hurt at the beginning of the season. They have a scheme that works. I look at these offensive linemen. They're aggressive, man. They're downhill. Once they get their paws on you, it's pretty much a wrap. That D-line is going to be tested this weekend.
0: What do you think of this, Eli Mitchell? I mean, having, you know? I don't know much about him, but he's averaging 4.8 yards per carry. Luckily, Samuel's not playing because he averages 8.1 with all that fly sweep stuff. And actually, they were putting him in the backfield at times, too. What, what do you think of Mitchell?
1: I like him. He, he's, he's fast, but he's patient at the same time. I love the way he really fills the zone. You know, when you run a zone, you got to feel it. You got to feel that wave of linemen, the defensive linemen push to your right as you look for the cutback. Cause you're really just looking for the cutback on the zone, right? You're trying to influence everybody right so you go left. And he does a great job doing that. He finishes his runs. He gets downhill. He looks like every other running back that I've seen play for the Niners the past three or four years. It's like they have a type that works and they always find that guy and they're successful.
0: Yeah, no, they, they have a, 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 tough scheme in the running game, uh, for defenses. And that's why force him to beat you, throwing the ball. Samuel, their leading wide receiver is not going to play. And again, you know, here's a guy who 25 carries, 203 yards rushing, but in the passing game, he's already a thousand yard receiver. He has 56 catches, a thousand yards. He's averaging 18 yards per care or per catch and he's had five touchdowns. I, doesn't bother me him missing this game.
1: Not at all. I hope I hope you get better, Debo, but uh, glad you're out this week. Yep. All right, when we return, we'll go go deeper into the 49ers. That's right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus hanging out with my guy Paul Moyer. Every Thursday, we are here. Now we're going to look deeper into the San Francisco 49ers. Here's some numbers for you guys. Total offense, they are ranked 12th. We are ranked 31st. Rush offense, they are ranked 6th. We are ranked 25th. Pass offense, they are 16th. We are 26th. points per game. Hawks are at 19 points per game. They score that as 25th. The 49ers score 25. They are at 11, ranked 11. This is where it gets a little tricky. On defense, this is the sixth best defense we're going to face Against the 49ers, they're allowing 318 yards per game. The offense hasn't found its groove yet. Now they're going up against one of the best defenses in the league, but Fred Warner is going to be out. Nick Bost is still there. He has 11 sacks this year, playing like a monster. These DBs are aggressive, Mori. I'm looking at this film, and those crossing routes that the Hawks had this week where no one was touching them, guys are riding with them, passing them off. It's It's, it's a bit more aggressive out there. And I see why they're ranked six because they're aggressive on the back end and they got guys on the front end that can get after the quarterback and a good linebacker core. This is going to be a tough game, but for some reason, the Hawks find a way to win. Russell Wilson is 15-4, 15-4 against the 49ers and he won the last three. Is this the game where he gets his groove back?
0: Oh boy, that's a tough one to get your groove back on. You got Nick Bosa, he's got 11 sacks. Uh you know why can you play things tight? I mean, think of the the Seahawks, you know, in in the glory days uh you know when we were winning Super Bowls uh and going to Super Bowls, we, a great pass rush, you can play a zone and you know, but play it tight. Um and that and that's what they have. They they know they can play things tight cuz they have a great pass rush along the way. Look, this is just a tough game, and, and I always say it's, it's when you play people. You know, when we played them the first time, I wasn't... I I, I knew we were going to beat them. I knew it. Uh, this game, the, the last three games they've won, and and I think uh, the NASA threw it, 178 yards rushing a game the last three yard, three games. I mean, that's that's world-class stuff. And not just that. They, they've they given up 10 points, 10 points, and then to, to Minnesota, 26 is, was super hot too, going into it. So... They're on a roll. They they look like the old Forty ers a couple of years ago. They're healthy again. Grant, they're they're going to miss Fred Warner, and you're you're missing Samuel, which is those are their probably two best players on both sides of the ball. Um, I guess you could throw Nick Bose in there too. So there's a shot. I it's just you know we're not playing well enough yet. And here's what I tell people: I go, we are not a bad football team. Yeah, we're not. We have we've been in every game. We've had a chance to win. Pretty much every game in the final drive, again, into the fourth quarter, we've been winning seven points. The only game was Minnesota when we were up 17-7 to and got away from us a little bit. We're just not a good football team right now, and I'm waiting for us to just let it go, to to let have Russell let it go. I think right now he's, he's being cautious in his throws. If there are things where there's a contested throw, he's not taking that shot. Um, for whatever reason, I think he was a little late. We mentioned it earlier that two point conversion uh early or at the end of the game. I thought when Swain he did open up I think a year ago, two years ago, Russell lets that go as soon as it clears, and that 's a that 's a two point conversion, but he waited a half second too long, and then it you know ended up getting broken up so i I think it 's a tough game to get healthy on
1: now. Some of these matches that are going to be interesting are important. You mentioned that run game. Last three games, versus Minnesota, they rushed for 205 yards, talking about the Niners, and three touchdowns. Versus Jacksonville, 42 carries for 171 yards and a touchdown. Against L.A., 44 carries, 156, and a touchdown.
0: So 44, 156.
1: 39, 42, and 44, the amount of carries. Then we go 205, 171, 156. So you talk about being stubborn to the run. You you were going to say it right now, 44 carries, 156. Now that's stubborn. Is that you know 3. what's three point
0: nine yards per carry? It's not like you're killing it.
1: That's what I'm saying. So imagine if the Hawks were to do that, uh, rush forty four times for one fifty six. The craziness that will be going down right now with the twelves. Do You know why? Why?
0: Because with Jimmy Garoppolo, you know what you have, and you have to run the football. You have to, and I think people, and it's it's certainly evolved the last couple of years. You know. People think, you know, Russell can throw it, you know. And so it's more of why are we letting a guy with that weapon and DK Metcalf, why aren't we unleashing it downfield and throwing it 40, 50 times a game, you know, like Tom Brady and in the, in the, in the, uh, the Bucks. It's That's the reason for it. But I still believe, and I believe this in my heart, the best way for the Hawks to win is the recipe that worked for nine years previous. You run the football. You play action it. You go over the top. You let Russell extend plays and make big plays. To me, that's the best way for us to win.
1: Now, Debo's going to be out. Fred Warner's going to be out. But on offense, they still got some guys. They got Brandon Ayuk, thirty-two receptions, four hundred thirty-two yards, and three touchdowns. Where would he go to school? I I, I, I care. Oh. I don't. I don't care what school. Paul <laughs> ASU. He went to ASU. One of the greats out of ASU, other than Paul Moyer. He uh, still got George Kittle. 35 yeah. catches, 425 yards, and three touchdowns. And then Kyle Yushik, he is what makes this run game go. Yeah, I'm watching film on this dude. He's leading on the zone. He's leading up the gut. He's taking care of the end. That's one thing they do that I think the Hawks should do. Forget the naked boot. The naked boot is not working. Block that back in and just give Russell more time to throw the football because he's booting and they're, they're banking on that end, flying down the hill and biting on the play fake, and it's just not happening for some reason. I watched the 49ers. They're like, no, nah, we're going to take care of that for Jimmy. We're going to give him as much time as possible, and they do that a lot with Juszczyk. He makes this run game go. He doesn't get a lot of love, but he makes it go.
0: Well, and when he is back there in a true fullback position, it's, it's tough because you don't see it that much, and because he can go either side of the ball – it makes the, or the linebackers have to cover an extra gap. And sometimes they'll veer it back too, right? He'll start to the right and then he'll cut back uh, on the other side of the yeah. center. I mean, it's tough. I mean, it's, it doesn't sound tough, but it, it is tough, especially when they run the football uh, that well. You know, for Russell, you know, I think Russell honestly can help himself out a little bit. You know, carrying out the fakes harder. You know, you got to carry those fakes out so they don't get down the line, <clears throat> especially on some of our zone blocking. Um, and if Russell does that, then when we do run a fake, maybe they go down the line and he's got a little bit more of an opening on a naked boot. Um, I feel like we've kind of gotten away from really selling a fake. And I, you know, I've I told you this before. I'm sorry to bring this up. You know, Bellevue High School, you know, playing uh, this week, we used to talk about the ball fake and a good fake is worth two blocks because it can stop, you know, guys on two different gaps yeah. and the emphasis on it. And I just, I'm, I watch sometimes our play action. I just think we can be cleaner with that. Really sell it hard. I mean, you go back to the old um, uh, Peyton Manning days, man, You you couldn't tell if he was handing it, or pulling it back from it and throwing it. So I think he could help himself out, but I I agree. a Great fullback, and we used to do more fullback stuff back in the day. We don't do it anymore. Well, Bob, real quick, I want to jump in
1: and give a little context on the 49ers' run game. So they've had three really good games, as you mentioned, 39 carries, 205, 42 carries, 171, 44 carries, 156. You know what was in common in all three of those games? They're winning that football game. Yeah. Against the Rams, the Rams went interception, then pick six. So they were up 17 to 14. So that allowed them to run the football. Against the Jaguars, they're up 17 to nothing. Against the Vikings, that was more competitive. They had a better run game last week. But part of how they're able to run as much as they are is because they're ahead in the last three games. So they can be stubborn. They can extend drives and run the football as to where the Seahawks have been behind. So it's a lot harder to do that. So what he's saying is the defense is setting up the run. The defense is like, look, we got you. We're going to hold it down. You guys take your time. Control the pace of the game because they're not going to do anything against us and we're going to cause turnovers. That sounds familiar. It's familiar. It sounds like a, a recipe that the Hawks Works. used to have here, um, but it's just not here anymore, and it is what it is. You know, you You're not going to see the team of the past. you got to work with what you have now. Another matchup I'm going to be looking at, Dwayne Brown versus Nick Bosa. Mm. Dwayne Brown's been in the league 14 years. Bosa is tied for fourth in the NFL with eleven sacks. He also has thirty-six tackles, two tackles for loss, one pass defended, and sixteen tackles for loss. Sixteen of those things. Is that why they signed Adrian Peterson? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I think they signed Adrian for a couple of reasons. Um sometimes it's just to bring in a presence. A guy that's worked, who's been the very, very best at his position. Uh, his best days are behind him. Um, but that doesn't mean he can't help us. But also, it's how to work, how to show up, how to read blocks. I, I It is no, it, that's a win bringing him in.
1: I wonder how effective he'll be in the pass game because he's 15 years now. Maybe he's been in the league. He's 36 years old. We came in the league at the same time, 07. So, like 14 years he's been in the league. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and you lose Travis Homer, who was your best pass pro guy. You're bringing Adrian Peterson. I mean, it's for depth. I still think Alice Collins is going to get the bulk of the oh. carries. I think DJ is going to be sprinkled in there. You're going to see some Adrian Peterson. I, I'm wondering how and how often they're going to use this guy. All right, when we come back, we are going to chat with quarterback, Seattle quarterback, used to go to Lake Stevens. That's Jacob Eason. That's next on Hawks Live. Hawks live every Thursday from 7 to 9 live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle it's Thursday 730 that means we get to talk to a Seahawk player and this one I got a special connection with there Paul Moyer special connection why is that Hey, because he used to whoop my butt in high school goodness gracious I coached (laughs) at Monroe high school he went to Lake Stevens I saw this kid throw a football I knew he'd be playing on Sundays Jacob Eason was good
2: Hey, it's Coach Bob. How you doing, man? Good, good to be on. I off. called you Coach. Bump.
1: Hey, I still got a little love, huh? I, I've
0: never, I've never called you that. Much. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I like
1: absolutely. You. Hey, man. Um, just one. I want to say it's been fun watching your journey. I know you've had some times during your journey where it's been rough, but you always overcome. And I'll never forget, man. We played you one year, and I saw you make a throw off your back foot to the other sideline on a rope and uh I knew there was something special about you how How have you been enjoyed being back in the west, going to u dub and now being with the Seahawks
2: man I mean, like you said it's it's real, first of all it's good to be home and it, you know it's good to be talking to a, a, you know familiar people again um you know it's been a journey, like you said, you know I've been back and forth back and forth, bouncing around a little bit, but you know i'm still still out here you know playing the game I love and doing the things i love. And, you know, um, obviously playing for the Hawks is exciting. You know, it's, it's a hometown team. I grew up, you know, grew up watching them on Sundays and, and, and this and that. So, you know, it's just a fresh, you know, fresh feel, fresh team. And, and you know, I've been here for a little bit, so it's not as fresh, but um, just, you know, the overall feel is excitement and, you know, and just, you know, positive energy and, and, and all good things. So it's good, definitely going to be home.
1: Now, your Vikings are making noise, man. They're in the state finals. Um, you were a big part in developing that program. How satisfying is it to see them continue like the run that you guys created so many years ago?
2: Uh, You know, it's awesome to see those guys continuing. You know, I I like to think you know I I was I was a big part of that, and and I know you know there's a lot before me that were as well, Um, and Coach Try and all the you know people on staff up there in that town specifically. You know, it's a great place to grow up and play football, and and it's you know super devoted fan base and and, you know all the above. So. Super proud of those boys for, you know, what they've accomplished this season. Obviously, the state game's coming up is a huge one, and, you know, I'm excited, you know, for that matchup between them and GK. And, uh, shoot, it brings me back to my senior year when I when I ran out there against Moses in the, in the in the playoffs, and, you know, high school football is exciting, man. I know this is a huge opportunity for those guys. So looking forward to, to checking that out and seeing what they can get done.
0: You were coming out of high school. I mean, you were the man. I mean, you five star quarterback. I mean, probably the best quarterback coming out of high school. Why now? Because, you know, we're, Bump and I are both West Coast guys. We stayed on the West Coast. I went to Arizona State. He went to Washington State. The SEC was a little bit, some noise. I mean, you knew about LSU and Auburn and, and to an extent Georgia too. What what is the attraction in the recruiting process on there? And because when I was looking at some of the teams that, you know, you expressed interest of potentially going to, you really didn't have any Pac-12 teams. Maybe you did, but they didn't have it in in, in paper. What what is it about the SEC attraction?
2: Um, you know, overall, I think you know the SEC is obviously a huge conference. You know, a lot of people call it, you know, the whatever the slogan is, but. Um, you know, I think it all comes down to, you know, ultimately what the person, you know, wants to do. So, you know, I was I didn't really I wasn't deciding between the SEC and the Pac twelve. I want to go to the, you know, University of Georgia because of the the staff and, you know, what what their 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 football history and everything there. You know, I also wanted to challenge myself and get out, you know, get out and try something new, get my feet wet and something I wasn't familiar with. So, um, you know, Georgia was, you know, another great opportunity to do that and, you know, just kinda expand my horizons and Go meet new people and, and challenge myself in a in an all new environment. So, um, you know the SEC is, is awesome. You know so is the Pac-12. You know I don't I don't want to get in comparisons because I love both and I played in both and you know college football is college football regardless of where you're playing. It's, it's a blast. So, um, you know no no comment on the the comparison. But I think you know uh, SEC is a great conference. Pac-12 is a great conference, and I was fortunate enough to be able to play in both and, and had a blast doing it. So.
0: And and I know head coaches and the coaching staff is 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 an important part. And do, do you think uh, with SC getting Riley and just some of the changes there, that you know maybe the Pac-12 has a better chance of keeping some of the West Coast talent at home? Yeah,
2: I mean you, you know coaches are coaches are saying, You know, obviously that's a huge news for SC getting getting Lincoln Riley and and whatnot, but. Um, you know, like I said before, I think it ultimately comes down to the, you know, the recruit where, where he wants to go, and you know, obviously if, if he's a homebody or, or, or whatever, he grew up and, and and loved that, you know, loved that team, and he'll go there. But I think I think having a big name, you know, as a head coach, definitely might it might have a factor for some people. It's just you know, it's just whatever your taste is. So um, hopefully, you know, I, I I was one of the people who. Ended up leaving Washington and coming back. So, and I know Coach just made the comment about trying to, you know, keep the Washington kids in Washington. I think he, he mentioned that. Um, so that's cool, and I'm excited to, you know, for the new, for the newness of the next next upcoming year, and then you know, bowl season and all that with with the, with the moves of college football. So, really, I'm excited to watch it all play out and 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 uh, be a spectator at this point.
1: So now you're back home. I'm, I'm sure you go back to Lake Stevens and visit family. Can you even go out to a restaurant in, in peace or are you constantly getting pictures and, and autographs and stuff, or do you kinda stay out of Snohomish County and, and stay more towards Seattle during the season?
2: Uh yeah, well then the season I'm you know, I'm always uh at work and some I'm, I'm down here but uh I went home for Thanksgiving and I went home um for a night and bye week and you know, Lake Stevens is always, it never changes. It's always Lake Stevens. Um, you know, and in terms of going out to eat and everything and get recognized, it's not it's always crazy um, out here, which is nice. And, and you know, obviously I, I already have, you know, life, lifelong connections with these people back home. So whenever I do, you know, see people out, it's always friendly. So um, it is really nice, I will say, though, to be able to have Lake Stevens, you know, right there, 45 minutes away in my backyard. Cause, You know, a lot of good memories there. and Obviously, family close to home or close to where you work is pretty cool. So, um, no, in terms of getting stopped and and, and whatnot, it's pretty minimal um, and and very friendly. So, I'm enjoying it.
1: Hey, so you were a high-profile athlete coming out of high school um, while you were in college. What advice would you give some of these quarterbacks that are coming up, even a guy like Sam Heward who's waiting to be the guy or guys coming out of high school? like what, What advice could you give them?
2: I mean, I think the, the biggest thing is, is there's so much noise outside of, you know, outside of the team, you know, for, you know, a guy like Sam or you know, anybody, any quarterback at a, at a big university, there's so much noise. I think the, the, the biggest thing is just put your head down and work and, you know, everything will, everything will work out the way it's supposed to work out. Just, you know, trust your gut and go to work and, and, uh, you know, ball out on Saturdays. You know, that's, that's all I got. I think just Block out the outside noise as much as possible and, and put your head down and work.
0: We're visiting with Jacob Easton and, and Jacob, you've been some really successful programs from high school, then you went to Georgia, University of Washington, Indy. Now you're here three or three and eight, uh, which is unusual. What well, what is it like there? I mean, you have been around some different coaches. Uh, how is the mood in, in that locker room?
2: Well, that's one thing that's really, really special and cool about this team is if you went to work, you wouldn't be able to tell if there were three and eight or eight and three, you know, by the way, you know, this, this locker room, this staff operates, it's always positivity, always high energy, always competing, you know, in, in whatever asset that is. And, and, you know, whether it's in meetings or on the practice field or, you know, wherever we may be, there's, there's always this, this aura of of competitiveness and, and positivity. So, uh, you know we got a lot of great leaders in that locker room, I and obviously a great coach and Coach Pete. So um, the guys, the guys are hungry. You know the guys are, 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 are obviously. You know we got we got what two games left this season, and, and we're gonna put our best foot forward and, and you know attack it. But I don't think the the motto has changed at all.
0: So I'm reading up on you, and I played against a quarterback named Tony Eason. Um, and I know that's not your father, but your dad did play quarterback at Notre Dame. Um, do do you guys talk? I mean, is there is, is he still trying to coach you up? What's that relationship like?
2: Oh yeah, I, I talk to my dad just about every day. But he, he actually played a uh, wide receiver at Notre Dame. So he, oh, he did. Uh, well,
0: See, my bad.
2: Yeah. The, the Tony Easton misconception all happens quite a bit. Actually, it's pretty. It's always a funny, funny story. But uh, no, I have a great, great. Uh, relationship with my pops, he's, he's always been in my back pocket and, you know, he's you know, talk ball and, you know, we often talk other things, you know, father and son things. So um, it's, just, it's really nice to have that, you know, every every weekend as well. So um very fortunate to have him and my mom and brother and sister, whole family, you know, local.
1: Hey, Jacob, um, you got to watch Russell Wilson grow in his career, win Super Bowls, local kid. And now you get to play with him. One, what's that like? And two, what's something that you've learned from him?
2: Uh, I mean, it's hard to name you know one specific thing. The guy, you know, the guy is a true professional in, in, in every you know every asset. So it, it's it's pretty special you know to be a kid who really grew up a, a Seahawks fan. And you know, obviously, I, I watched Russell's whole career, like you just said, and you know, seeing the highs, seeing the lows, seeing how seeing how he's handled every bit of adversity. and Um, you know, it's pretty special to be in, this, in the same building and you know in the same QB room with him. So. Um, you know, I'm I'm very fortunate to be in this position. I'm very excited to, you know, hopefully continue this this relationship and, and, and continue to develop and grow in this position and and there's not a lot of guys out there better than Russ to you know, to have as a mentor. So um the biggest thing I think I learned from him is is uh you know, what I just mentioned, his his ability to overcome adversity and, you know, you know, stay stay solid through the highs and the lows of a season. It's pretty impressive.
0: He's not very positive, is he? <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: he's a, he's a extremely positive guy.
0: He is.
1: All right, man. Take care. Appreciate you taking time out of your day, man. It's been fun watching you grow over these years, man. Yeah,
2: hey, I appreciate you, Coach. All always right. always good talking to you. Appreciate you, Coach. Yes, sir. Thank
0: you.
1: We called him skinny back in the day. Yeah? Because he used to be skinny. Well, he's a... he's nice grown man.
0: Well, guys. you know... What six six? Six
1: six two thirty
0: one. Six six two thirty one. And he does have a cannon. Yeah, he I does. mean, he's got one of the most beautiful arms. You know, I'd put him up against anybody. Yeah. I mean, that's just uh he can spin it.
1: He'll get a chance eventually. We'll see. All right, coming up next, we'll talk to the Professor John Clayton. That's next right here on Hawks Live.
0: Hawks live every Thursday from 7
1: to 9 live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle 745 on a Thursday night you're listening to Michael Bumpus and Paul Moore Moyer I said Moya. that's what I call Moya. Moyer I call him Moyer Moyer like that's that. what they
0: all called me when With I played
1: Paul Moyer enough about you it's all about
3: J.C. right now. John Clay. how JC you doing? J.C.
0: was feeling it, though. Not
3: feeling, I'm not feeling too good. I've been coughing like crazy the last couple of days, so hopefully I can make it through this segment without any problems.
1: Tea. Lots of tea, John. <laughs> there you go. Lots of tea. Hey, man, what are your thoughts on this Adrian Peterson signing?
3: Uh, it's uh, kind of like Marshawn Lynch and Robert Turbin a couple years ago. I mean, it's December. You're down two or three running backs, which they have been so much for the last three or four years, I mean, I don't think there's much more left on the street. So there's a chance he can do well. He's a he's a big he's a big back that has power. Even though it didn't work out in Tennessee, I think he can do some things here in a couple weeks.
0: Is that a, um, I'm sorry? Am I asking a question? Oh, yeah. Sorry about That's that. The head yeah, now, yeah, I mean. yes, oh, I don't know. It, yeah, it, yeah, went, yes, quiet. it went quiet. on me. I, yeah. I, yes, Moyer. Moyer. There we go. So. Hey, so, John, I'm just curious. I, I don't know if you even know the answer, but just get your thoughts. Yeah, it, you know, Russell. You know, he's saying that He doesn't believe the fingers an issue, but I, it's. I've not seen him miss some passes like he yeah. has before. Just, just your thoughts on that.
3: If the fingers an issue. I mean, again, he's going to try to protect himself as best he can. He's worked so hard in putting himself in a position where he could come back as early as he can. I mean, you give him credit for that, but also it's like, you know, some of the missed passes, I mean, you have to put on the finger. I mean, some of it you can say, yeah, the offensive line hasn't done a great job, but, uh, you know, the finger has to be affecting him. No question.
1: John. Were you as disappointed as I was that DK did not get a tar- target in the first half? How hard is it not to throw it to number 14?
3: Yeah. I I have been disappointed now for about 3 4 weeks because he's not getting targeted enough. And of course, when you saw it and this and this goes back to the finger and the throwing and all that stuff, you saw about th- 3 or 4 plays in the second half where he was open down to left side and Russell wasn't even close to getting the ball to him. I mean he, He tried to throw it to him. He threw it too high. Uh, The passes were something that he could not catch, even though he's a great jumper. And so they've got to find a way to get him in sync. He's too valuable of a player. I know he's got 47 catches, and I think Lockett has about 53. But again, you're talking about a guy that last year went to the Pro Bowl, is one of the most exciting young wide receivers in the game of football, and he's not getting the ball. John, watching the 49ers, man, they they yeah. starting to
0: look like they did a few years ago. You know, they've gotten some people healthy, even though they're not going to have Warner or Samuel this week. But I don't know if and yeah, – it'll matter, but I think they're hitting on all cylinders. Do you think they're legit playoff contender and also maybe even pushed to,
3: to be a Super Bowl contender? No, Super Bowl contender, no. But a playoff contender, yeah. I mean, right now they've got the sixth seed in the playoffs. But, again, such of the reason of it is that there's probably going to be – Two nine win teams that make the playoffs. And so they're sitting there right now with one game over 500. And so they do definitely have a chance. But Super Bowl team, no way. They're not as good as Arizona. They're not as good as the Rams. I mean, and then, of course, you know, the injuries always tend to catch up with them. You know, not only are they not having Fred Warner, who's the quarterback of their defense, you know, the guy who calls the plays, puts everybody in shape, he's got the green dot, but also they don't have Dre Greenlaw who just came off the injured list about a week or so ago, and he's going to miss the game. And then they lose Debo Samuel, who basically is one of the mainstays of their offense, both catching the ball and running the ball. So they're a little bit vulnerable, but uh, in the end I think they can make the playoffs, but not the Super Bowl.
1: John, Jordan Brooks is tied for fourth in the league when it comes to tackles. Is that a good thing or a bad thing, and do you think he's ready to take over once Bobby's done?
3: Uh, I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, the only one of the reasons is that their defense is on the field for like 73, 74 plays a game. I mean, that's why it's up there. I mean, you know, you've got uh, you know certainly Bobby Wagner sitting at number one or number two as far as tackles, and he's there every year. But I think it's a good thing because he's a good player and because he's got good range and everything else. And I don't know if he can take over for Bobby Wagner because Bobby's a middle linebacker as opposed to Jordan Brooks, who's an uh, outside linebacker. So that might be a little bit of a stretch. But in the end, I think that, uh, you know, he, I think he's a good and he was a good choice. And for all the fans that are critical of how they're saying the bad first-round picks have been. He's a good first-round pick.
0: You know, the one guy has been playing really consistent, I think the most consistent for the Seahawks uh, all year long, is uh, certainly Quandre Diggs. Yeah. Uh, and I think Jamal Adams has been playing very well the last, really, five, six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you, again, and it's probably early, but he's Diggs, to me, is next guy in line to get an extension.
3: Agreed. Do they get that done? If not, they put him on the franchise tag. They can't afford to lose him. I know in the Pro Bowl voting, he's like uh, number—last week, I think he was number two or number three uh, by the fan vote. And I think this year—or this week, he dropped down to number six. But again, he's one of the best safeties in the league. He's one of the better playmakers in the league because he's able to create turnovers and make turnovers, do those different things. So they cannot let him go.
1: John, on the positive— what are your thoughts on this defense? The last three weeks, they've held it close. Yeah. Every game they've lost, they've had a chance or they've been behind a touchdown in the fourth quarter because of the defense. Does this does this defense deserve a bit more love?
3: I think so. Yeah, because, again, the big problem is is that with the offense being as bad as it is, then they get to the middle of the third quarter, fourth quarter, and they're just exhausted. And I think that pays the price. That's why they'll give up those fourth round fourth quarter touchdown drives and long drives and things like that but I think there's no question that they've improved I think you can see better play at the cornerback position I mean DJ Wagner coming back from his injury I was looking at his stats and I think he's only given up like 36.7 percent of the passes thrown against him that's about as good as you're going to get and so DJ Reed, I think, has done a good job. And then, of course, you know the two safeties are real good. And then, you know, you got uh, some good things going on the defensive line. I just wish they could find a way to get Carlos Dunlap more involved.
0: Yeah, that's uh, been surprising. I mean, he only had, what, four snaps last week? Four snaps, week? yeah. God, that's that's really surprising. By the way, uh, John, I just want you to know, yeah. uh, it looks like Bump has a little bit of a cold, too, and he's... He's working the tea right now. Nice okay. warm yeah. tea. It seems to be helping him. So, because you
3: have a little cold, yeah, I'm going. I'm going now to you. What is on your mind, Professor? Well, what's on my mind is what happened in Tampa today, because here you have Antonio Brown, you have his free safety, and Mike Edwards, and another player that uh, they had fake, uh, uh, you know, fake vaccination cards, fake. And finally, it's like uh, Antonio Brown was lying about it and said, oh, no, I've, I've been vaccinated and there's not a fake card. Well, guess what? Not only did the league agree, but the Players Association agreed. They didn't fight it. And so, you know, he's going to be out now three games uh, until December 26th, along with Edwards. And because of that, you know, it's like, you know, the great signing that it turned out to be last year for Tampa has turned into a disaster last year. I mean, what he's only played maybe, what, three, four games or something like that, and now he's going to miss three more because of this. I mean, again, fake vaccination cards, that's absolutely ridiculous. Just get vaccinated.
1: Well, John, we're all married men here. We know that honesty is the best way to go. He should have been honest, John.
3: (laughs) He should have been honest, no doubt about it.
1: All right, JC, appreciate your time, man. Go drink some tea. We appreciate you. Okay, thanks. All right, when we come back, it's time to talk that talk. Will Russell Wilson bounce back? Can the Seahawks hold the Niners to under 150 yards? And will Jordan Brooks be an All-Pro? We'll talk about that more next on Hawks Live.